You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, it's here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Well, hi. Happy New Year, everybody. And welcome back to... Who did what now? The historical comedy? Comedy? Historical? Funny? I mean, I try and be funny. Let's just say history. The history podcast with me, your effervescent host, Katie Charlwood. <laughs> Selfish millennial and reader of books. Ah. The new year is upon us. Uh, 2020 has, has gone. I am moving and making noise on a leather couch. Sounds dodgy. But yeah, so 2020, the dumpster fire that was 2020 is something that I think I'll be talking about. If this continues on, like I hope it will, one day I will be in some sort of history show discussing the perils of 2020. Although now I, I do actually start to wish I'd kept a journal. Because this, this year, this year's just been, how do I put it, 2020 is the best example of time travel because you know how in, in sort of time travel movies, they would just keep going back in time um, and they'd fix something and then something else would mess up. That's what 2020 was like. Although I maintain all of this started um, with the Cats movie in 2019 and, and that was just an affront to God. <laughs> I don't know the powers that be. And led to the travesty that was 2020. Although 2020 wasn't too bad for me, actually. Uh, 2021 starts with me moving back home to my mother's house. But, eh, you win some, you lose some. And it's as good a place to start as any. Hey, if you if you are new here to who did what now, uh, I uh, discuss people, place, blah, blah, blah. I discuss people, places, and things uh, from ancient times to modern-ish days uh, that I find interesting. Um, if you're not new here, welcome back. And first of all, I would like to apologize for the last episode. Oh, okay. Not an excuse. I was up till stupid o'clock in the morning editing it 
And I was literally falling asleep as I was working on it. I may actually have to re-upload it. Re-edit it and re-upload it because... Oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Clearly... Ugh, you can tell that I was not compass like editing that because... Ah, uh, like there are parts where it just cuts off before the end of the sentence. I'm like, what was I doing? Like, I was ha- half asleep, like trying to drink coffee, m- tepid coffee. And uh, I am so sorry. You deserve better, pals. You do. I mean, and and also, in addition, furthermore... I feel like I should have used some kind of software to slow down my speech because I only just realized. Because I, I, you know, sometimes I'll re-listen to, you know, the podcast after I've uploaded it just to see. So I had it on and I was like, you know, doing stuff around the house and I was listening to myself because that's not weird. And... Oh my goodness, parts legit sound like I've been sped up. Like I sound like somebody turned the chipmunk effect on and just me. Like, believe it or not, I I actually had to train myself to speak slower. I mean, I, I, I had to, it was something I had to do. When you talk quickly, when you have quick, fast speech and you have this accent, it, it's a recipe for disaster. And the problem is, I get excited um, when two of my favourite interests collide. History plus true crime. Mwah, chef's kiss. Oh, like, yes, please, and thank you. However, I will do better to rein it in in future. I will. I will. I will be better in the future. I am trying. I promise. I was so surprised that I wasn't, I mean, I knew I was excited, like, doing the story and, and writing about it and, and reading it, but I didn't think I was, like, I did not think, I did not think I was, like, in other news, Stormbell uh, was raging outside. I'm going to say raging. It's, it's not, more like ticked off. They, you know, so there was thunder and lightning and so like when I was actually writing this down, like this shows you the time it's taking me to write this and then record it. Because as I was writing this, um Storm Bella was happening and there was like thunder and lightning and there was like snow and hail and stuff. And anyway, the storm wasn't that bad because very few people lost trampolines. Where I am if you don't see a trampoline fly past your house, you know it's it's not been a terrible storm. So, today's tale is from the eh, not-so-distant past, the Millennium. I mean, well, I, I say the Millennium, but that's not technically correct. I'm going to well actually myself here. <laughs> so, general, people would refer to, like, the year 2000 as the Millennium, except... You don't start at year zero. You start at year one. So, technically, 
2001, not 2000 was the millennium, but 2000 is more aesthetically pleasing and, you know, it fits better on those like Happy New Year glasses and, you know, other such memorabilia. So the, the 90s, the 90s were a wild time. Nobody had eyebrows, ska bands were popular, and everyone thought the world was going to be destroyed by Y2K. Well, not everyone, but we'll discuss that. And haha, <laughs> what is Y2K, I hear? I hear some of you ask. Well, um, I've seen enough of Gen Z being very confused about Y2K on TikTok, and so here I am. So to all of the Gen Z who have no idea, let me enlighten you, my friends. If any Gen Z actually listen to my podcast, I don't know if you do, but hi! <laughs> Y2K, Y is year, 2 is 2, and K is 1000. So Y2K um, is year 2000, and it's the year 2000 problem. Otherwise known as the Y2K bug or glitch, um, and what I would have known it as was the millennium bug. Makes it sound cute, doesn't it? Yeah, look, it's just, it's a ladybug. It's a millennium bug. Anywho, <laughs> no. Um, so there was an issue and or events, um, which are basically related to the formatting of calendar dates uh, beginning in the year 2000. I know, you're like, what? Okay, so. Right, um, we should probably start at the beginning. In the 60s, uh, data was expensive. Like, wildly expensive. So when computer programmers were, like, writing code and creating programs and all those processes, they had to do so in um, as as efficiently as possible, uh, cost-wise especially. So, I mean, like, nowadays we have terabyte hard drives. Um, our phones, our phones... Like my iPhone, these phones have more storage space on them, more computer memory on them than the original computers did. It's like, I know some of you have seen those like photos of old computers and they would take up an entire room. And now we have better, quicker, stronger processes in the palm of our hands. And that's, I mean, that's amazing. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, so going down the way, so we would like terabyte, uh, like a thousand gigs, I think it is, a gigabyte, which is like a thousand megabytes. So megabytes um, are, are a thousand bits, bytes, bits. Uh, so yeah, basically it would cost, like, what was it, three quarters of a trillion dollars in today's money, out of space that these programs like, would need. Um, so when they could cut costs, they did their best. So when these programmers were initially writing code, like they didn't have a lot of, of storage space and computer memory to work with. And the space they did have was costly. So they did what m- most of us, any of us would do. And um, they, they shortened stuff down. And, and by stuff, I mean dates. And by dates, I mean years. And by that, I mean the format of the years. So, yeah, programmers needed to save space and money. And as a result, the year 1969 became 
69. So instead of having the four digits, 1969, they would only have two digits, 69. 1975, 75, and so on and so forth. 98, 99, blah, 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 blah. I mean, here's the thing. They probably thought at some point the code or whatever, as you can see, I'm incredibly technical. Um, they probably thought this was going to be like rewritten and patched at some point. I mean, this is the 60s when, when computers are in their infancy. I, I mean, they probably hoped, but I didn't have any idea like how far reaching you know, computers would go and how important these programs would be in the grand scheme of things at 30, 40 years down, down the line, you know? And let's face it, they had no idea like that their base code was going to be going for this long. And um, yeah, so this two-digit year format was utilised by early coders to minimise computer memory. That's the best way to see it. And what this meant was that theoretically, computers could interpret the zero zero of 2000, so 20000, as 1900. I know you're thinking that doesn't seem like a big deal, but it could theoretically cause so many glitches in programs and bugs and computer crashes. It could lead to a smorgasbord of disaster. So, okay, for example, if you think time and date doesn't matter in computers or anything like that, uh, there was a place I worked with a tell system that if the internal clock glitched out or stopped working for whatever reason, the entire tell system would just freeze. So you wouldn't be able to do anything. Um, like the receipt machine wouldn't work. You couldn't open the till drawer to get money out. Uh, you couldn't check anything. Everything would just completely freeze and you would have to phone up IT and IT would have to fix it and, and reset the, the time for you. And that's something that was a second off like a split second off and it would just shut down. Entire smorgasbord of disaster. Now, so by the time the 90s rolled around, computers were, even though there wasn't a computer in every home, computers ran so much of the world. They were an integral part of daily life. Uh, in computers is what run the, you know, the electric systems. There's a word for that. What's the word for that? The, like... The electrics that go through your town and light up all the streets and stuff. How do I not know this word? Could I Google it? Probably. Uh, so so that, that thing, uh, the traffic lights, um, sort of air traffic control, um, the nuclear... So the nuclear uh, missile thing was, uh, was like a big part of it um, because... The US, as far as I remember, the in in order to like fire the nuclear missiles, uh, that machine is run on a floppy disk. Now, some of you are like, what is a floppy disk? Well <laughs> a floppy disk, um if you have you ever seen the um the save button on um a on Microsoft Word? That that is a floppy disk. Um, it was like a little plastic thing with a 
circle disc of um like a tiny I was like I was like can I compare it to like an LP or a CD but I don't know if you know what those things are um so that would be inside and that's what would hold the data and these were probably what like three inches by three inches or something like that but the one that's to do with the nuclear missiles in, in the US that computer is um that's one of the big floppy disks which is like probably closer to A5 size I think um yeah so that's a thing. Um, but anyway, so effectively, they thought, like, you know, banking, okay, so like banking systems, they all ran in that. Um, anyone who's seen Captain Marvel or was alive in the past would know what a blockbuster video is. So like you would go and you would rent physical videotapes, cassettes of movies. And so the way this would work out is... Um, was that the way that it would glitch out when the time format, when the time sort of went back to 1900, is it would give you basically a century's worth of late fees for a blockbuster video. Or um, your mortgage payments would be like huge because they would be out of sync or they might wipe out your mortgage payment completely. And, you know, what you know, would be good for you, but terrible for the actual <laughs> for the banks and stuff um and how do i put this so so many things they ran on computers um to the point where the u.s actually had a website the government put out a website being like all about y2k so there was one that was like for adults and it was all hey this is y2k um and there's an FAQ and I was like, do I need to close my bank account? Things like that. And it would be like, no, everything's fine. You know, it would all be, it's basically reassurance. And there was like a kid's version. So that was slightly more friendly. That would say things like, do my parents need to empty their bank accounts? <laughs> no. Sorry, somebody knocked and I don't know if, did my neighbours just knock on my wall? No, it's fine. It's fine. Shh, it's okay. So, uh, and like different countries around the world, they had sort of these websites to sort of uh, appease and ease the, 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 you know, the populace. Now, for uh, people sort of fell into a couple of categories, you know, in general, like sometimes now Y2K is seen as this mass hysteria for like no reason, like it's a joke um, and stuff like that but but like the reason like a couple of minor glitches happened and then another glitch happened this year which I'll, I'll talk about in a minute but and there's another one coming so like we'll, we'll, we'll talk about those in a wee second after after this so because people fell into a couple of categories you know some people were the oh you know some things will go wrong but it'll be fine it's like a lot of people were that um, I know even when I was, I was 10, 11 or something, like I was, I was young. So 12? Who knows? Anyway, I was an age of some kind. And fairness, I spent the millennium uh, vomiting because I got a stomach bug. <laughs> so uh, basically my mum's cousin who is, um, how would I put this? Uh, people, you know the people who like, 
um, act like they have money and like to show off. Like one of them. And so we were all there for like this big uh, New Year's party and I started being sick and my mum was like, you've been eating too much chocolate. I mean, one, I probably was, but then I wouldn't stop being sick. But I had that an uncle who had decided, because their kids were really small, well, not really small, they had a, they'd stayed with their, uh, yeah, no, so my, my youngest cousin, she must have been still, a, she was a toddler at that point, or a baby, and they were like, we're not going to this fucking party, we don't want to do that. And they were like, you know what, bring Katie back to us, we're staying in, we're going to watch all the stuff on the thing anyway. So I went back there, I was like, that's the fucking tease right there, bud. And if I go, I'm chilling out, you know, being a bit sick, but they're making me like chicken soup and stuff. And I'm just like cuddled on the couch, like watching um, the fireworks displays in London and all that. But the point is, like, I remember being scared. Like, I remember being really worried. I mean, not just because, oh my God, neighbor's dog. Shush. Thank you. So anyway, uh, I remember being like really, really scared that something bad was going to happen. Like there was, a, there was like this air of like doom about it, and it. Um. So yeah, I mean, but that's I digress. And like, so some people, you know, they were like, "Eh, it's fine." Some people had that little bit of like fear following them. But um, as it turns out, I have an anxiety disorder, uh, and and a bunch of other stuff wrong with me. So like. It's no wonder I was sort of panicking, but it's it's fine. Anyway, point being, other people um, were like, hoax, everything's fine. We talking about, it's nothing. And then you had doomsday preppers. So that effectively, there was a group of people who genuinely, genuinely believed that this was going to cause, uh, not a revolution, um, an apocalypse. They thought it was going to cause an apocalypse and like the, everything was going to be off grid there was going to be like no electrics and no internet and none of that stuff and it it's um probably similar to like people were building bunkers and they were you know they were getting all their tinned food all their tins their cans their jars like all of their stuff they were prepping it they were like doing their survival shiz that being said i know exactly what i'll do when the apocalypse happens like, I know exactly where I'm going. I know why I'm going there. Uh, I know what I'm bringing with me. And whom? <laughs> yes, I am bringing my mother. Anyway, so... <laughs> and my kids. Can't leave them behind. Anyway, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway. So people went full into proper doomsday prepping. Like, they were convinced this was going to be the end of life as we know it. And people were genuinely prepared for this. And you can kind of understand it. I mean, I can. Like, you can understand why they'd be so terrified. You know, uh, like nuclear reactors, like people were running off to the wilderness and being like, I'm going to wait it out a bit, please. So, although granted, if the nuclear missile strikes you anywhere, uh, like you're, you're a goner anyway. That's neither here nor there. Let's be optimistic. So, so like the, the the general public talk, the talk about the millennium bug, didn't really. I mean, 
people weren't really discussing it as much until sort of the end of 98, the beginning of 99. And that's when, because again, also the internet's in its infancy, really, for the general public. So it would be in like the newspapers and the TV shows, the talk shows, um, and it would sort of show up there. It wasn't necessarily like the radio. Um, it's not like today where you have, yeah, but as far back as 97, governments had started to put action in place. The Y2K problem was so grand and so encompassing, all-encompassing, that not only did governments um, put together task forces and funnel all this money to avert this issue, but so did private, so did the private sector. So private industry did the same thing. And all in all, it's like Bill Clinton had a task force and but because Bill Clinton had sent had basically put forth a thing for the the uh the problem before he was impeached. <sighs> Bill Clinton got off so much easier than Monica Lewinsky did. But I mean, even Australia, like only now, just released documents pertaining to like all of the efforts that they put through put in for Y2K. Like companies like Microsoft, um, because a lot of um, and PCs, a lot of personal computers that weren't um, like Apple and Apple Mac before like iMac and stuff came out. Uh, a lot of a lot of the computers, the PCs would run on would run on Windows as quite a lot of them still do. Now, because what Windows did is Windows actually created a, a CD, a CD for a compact disc, a CD for <clears throat> for Windows users so that they could, you know, put it into their computer and it could patch up and run, you know, so everybody could do it independently as opposed to trying to <laughs> start at one source and have the computer update. Because um, back, back, back then... Um, considering it would take you, like, <sighs> I remember sitting there and trying to download a song and it took several hours. Like, you do not understand the, the trauma of dial-up. Most of you, oh, but anyway. So it would take hours to download a song or a picture and, and all this kind of stuff. And, I mean, yeah. And I was going to make a Pornhub joke there, but <laughs> I decided probably best not to. Um... Uh, so, like, basically, they would put out a CD, and the CD you'd put it in, and it would update the computer for you, and it would do the patch, you know, to stop it going into the dark ages, or glitching, or just freezing, crashing, anything like that. Um, and then, like, a lot of the... A lot of legacy systems, as they were called, so the older, older systems, um, they would do things... Um, there was a couple of, like, solutions they were going to do. Because, like, there was a few different approaches depending on whatever they were using. So, date expansion. So, that was basically turning the two-digit into the four-digit. So, instead of being 87, it would be 1987. You know, so it was moving it up so that you were... It was, you know, it was going to register 2000 and not 1900. Hey y'all, spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, 
a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. This is seen as, I'm going to call it the purest solution. Because this resulted in, you know, the, the dates were unambiguous, they're permanent, they're easy to maintain. Um, the issue with a lot of stuff, though, is that this was very expensive. Like, this was probably the most expensive way to do it. And, you know, and there was, like, lots of... It, 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 but it did mean converting, like, entire systems. It was, it was a huge, huge undertaking. Another one was... Like, not a permanent solution. Um, it was more like a, a patching situation. And it's called date windowing. So everything still stayed as a two-digit year. And the programs themselves would determine the century value when they were needed for particular functions. Um, so, like, date comparisons and calculations. And so this was easier to do because it was a small patch into the code of programs and this was basically installing small patches of code into programs and this was like easier to test and implement than date expansion and it was cheaper to do. It was not a permanent solution but like they were expecting like legacy systems to be replaced over the coming decades anyway so it shouldn't be an issue. Another thing they did, um, date compression. So because dates can be compressed into like 14-bit numbers and the scheme, I, I don't know the technology. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not the most technical person in the world, so um, I'll try to put this in a way that made sense to me. Um, it basically means that this particular scheme could represent um, over 16,000 years. So by doing this date compression, and doing it into the binary code, into 14 bits, is a thing. Um, I don't understand the, the stuff about it, because math is not my strong point. I wish it was, but it's not. And I put this, uh, like I already mentioned the software kits, which is like Windows doing the patches, and 
most of these were free and then some of them were uh were not and they were funded um there was basically a 50 million dollar millennium bug kit that was covered by the u.s government but now and then another thing they did was date repartitioning so in these uh, older or these legacy databases and the size like could not really be changed um the the six digit like year month day codes they were converted into three digit years so like 1999 was 099 and 2001 was 101 so the, the systems that use this it's not really going to be an issue until the year uh, uh 2899 so we have some time to work on that that's good um and then um there was bridge programs and i i could not find any information on bridge programs so yeah for the most part, because programmers and coders and scientists and mathematicians all worked like dogs, they killed it. They worked consistently and tirelessly to ensure that, you know, these huge issues weren't going to happen. Like, but stuff happened all over the world. But, like, a lot of it was minor. Like, it wasn't a huge, grandiose situation. So, um, like, say, for example... So, like, some of the stuff that happened, like, in Singapore um, and Sweden, taxis had issues with taxi cabs. And so, like, taxi meters in Singapore, they just stopped working. And in Sweden, um, all the taxi fares, they, they, they were incorrect. Um they didn't like it wasn't like it struck midnight and then they started happening it was like just through january itself really so things that happened let's talk about japan so we'll start with japan so i'm gonna apologize for any name that i pronounce incorrectly i'm i'm so sorry japan <laughs> i'm so sorry uh so in onagawa an alarm sounded at a nuclear power plant at two minutes past midnight. And Ishikawa, the radiation monitoring equipment, failed at midnight. So, like, again, the nuclear issue. But there was, the official said there was no, like, actual risk to the public because they got it fixed, like, pretty quickly. The Osaka Media Port, um, which is like a telecommunications carrier, um, so there was an error in data management and this happened at two minutes past midnight and then by quarter to three in the morning, the, the issue was fixed. So, I mean, eh. The, another communications network, NTT Mobile, which is like Japan's like, it was, it was at least Japan's like big sort of mobile phone cellular operator. Some models of their phones started deleting new messages instead of the old messages because, like, space was filling up on the phones. So, yeah, in Sheffield, the UK, in England, glitches and problems and malfunctions that happened uh, in Australia, um, the bus ticket validation machines, um, like, they, they, they wouldn't work. So more stuff that happened in Japan. 5% of the post office cash dispensers, they just stopped working. Uh... The Weather Bureau, their computers, a bunch of their data was corrupted. Um, in the US, sorry, in the UK, um, in Sheffield, in the UK, in England, 
there was um, there, there was basically a thing about there's a risk assessment for Down syndrome for uh, pregnant women, for pregnant people. So in Sheffield and England and the UK, uh, so these risk assessments were made for pregnant people um, relating to Down syndrome. And these incorrect risk assessments were sent to about 154 pregnant people and two abortions were carried out as a direct result of this. Because uh, there was like a miscalculation of the mother's age or something. Four people who had been told they were in like the low risk group, they ended up giving birth to children who had Down syndrome. Elsewhere in the UK, uh, there are these um, like self-self these self-service uh, ticket machines uh, and effectively so they were printing the date wrong and so the the ticket gates and the ticket gates at some of the railway stations because you the card goes in and pops up again so it goes boop boop and like it just it wouldn't read the date like it wouldn't connect but anyway um so the bank HSBC had these card swipe machines for, you know, payments on debit and credit cards. So, for payment tra- for payments and transactions, the stores that had these HSBC card swipe machines couldn't use them. So, like, 10,000 just stopped working. Um, they wouldn't process credit and debit card transactions. And that, that actually happened on the 20th of December 1999. So, it was only on 1st of January that the machine started working again. And so what they actually had to do, I don't know if you've ever seen the paper, um, the paper, there's a paper credit card, uh, they would call it a machine. So you, what it does is it basically takes a print of your card. Um, it's, it's a, it embosses it onto the paper and you have this information and then you just put the transaction through at a later date. So, they would the cut the stores, so the stores would either have to use that, or they would have to use uh, just cash payments or checks and things like that. <sighs> In the U.S., um, the U.S. Naval Observatory, which runs like the master clock that keeps the country's official time, gave the date on its website as the first of January, one hundred ninety-one, no, nineteen thousand one hundred. 1st of January, 19,100. Imagine waking up to that. I'm in the future. In Omaha, Nebraska, records of the aircraft maintenance, uh, records of aircraft maintenance couldn't be accessed. It just wouldn't register. At Regan National Airport, um, check-in lines because baggage handling problems were affected. The Coast Guard... Um, their message processing system just wasn't working properly. Meanwhile, in France, it had the same problem as the US Naval Observatory. So, Météo France, um, which is like the weather forecasting service, it made the webpage show like the, the forecast for the date as like the first of the first, 19,100. And this like happened like all across the world actually. That little uh, 19,100, that's the date. Uh, in Bulgaria, that's new, in Bulgaria, police documents were issued with like expiration dates of the 29th of February 2005 and the 29th of February 2010. 
um, which are which are not leap years. <laughs> and the system had also defaulted to 1900. In Australia, the um, validation machines for bus tickets, they just weren't working. And an indirect result of the, the Y2K problem, issues occurred, um, like there was errors because of overflows and whatnot, and this actually led to the destruction of the NASA Deep Impact spacecraft. And because some software used the, the date windowing um, issue to like to interpret the years, um, so instead of so zero zero nine, so like basically interpreted the years like zero zero and nineteen as two thousand to two thousand nineteen, and then twenty to ninety nine as nineteen twenty to nineteen ninety nine. So this has led to a bunch of issues. Oh my goodness, I totally forgot about cults. How did I forget cults? So we all know, so like we had doomsday survival, we had survivalists, but there was also, like so there was a bunch of like fringe groups who were, oh, how do I put this? Like, so we have like, you know, the doomsday preppers, the self-sufficiency enthusiasts, 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 communes, uh, and um, <clears throat> fundamentalist religious organisations, and my personal favourite, cults. So, and this, I mean, and also the conspiracy theorists, because they're always around. Now, so Y2K was, um, how do I say, exploited by some fundamentalist and um, somehow charismatic Christian leaders throughout the Western world. I mean, let's face it, probably in the US and Canada and Australia mainly. And they basically, you know, the, the, the perceived risks of, of Y2K combined with the, you know, the end of the world scenario and apocalyptic prophecies. And they use this to influence their followers. Um, like Reverend Jerry Falwell, suggested that Y2K would be the confirmation of Christian prophecy, God's instrument to shake this nation, to humble this nation. Along with, like, survivalists, um, the Reverend Falwell advised stocking up on food and guns, food hoarding. Uh, so, because uh, he was like, the rapture is coming. A lot. I mean, and that's just one. A lot of extreme, extreme evangelicals, especially, they used Y2K, the year 2000 problem, to promote this political agenda, basically saying that the downfall of government was, like, a desired outcome, and this was supposed to usher in Christ's reign. And, like, another person who did this, um, who sort of profited on, like, fear and conspiracy, was a... Um, New Zealand-based, I'm going to call him Christian, prophetic author, um, and he was a preacher called Barry Smith. And he dedicates, like, he writes a book called, I, I, I think a book or something called I Spy With My Little Eye. I Spy With My Little Eye. And he, like, dedicates an entire chapter to Y2K. So a lot of these 
um, Christian fundamentalists, these ex extreme evangelicals and whatnot, like, they thought that, you know, the Millennium Bug and the Year 2000 problem was going to create this um, worldwide Christian revival. They built, they, they did this whole, like, the concept of rapture and the fear of this apocalypse. They used this to manipulate their followers um, for, like, mass repentance and, um, like, committing to their faith and their group and all this kind of stuff. And, like, they were like, oh, you need to give us your money so that you can, like, make it through to heaven and all this kind of stuff. So, like, they used this as, as a way of just, like, like, to take money from people, to profit, uh, whether they were writing books or just asking them for money. Like, you know, it, it's just... But anyway, I mean... And then, like, doomsday cults. There was, like, doomsday cults that sort of revolved around Y2K. Um, if I find one that's interesting, I will discuss it because cults generally are pretty interesting, all in all. But yeah. And here's the funny thing now. So, like, because, like, some of, like, this data patching that was used for, like, uh, date windowing and, uh, and all this kind of stuff, because those were used, there's a there's also a Y2020 problem as opposed to a Y2K because of the way they were patched. Was seen So windowing was basically seen as the worst of the solutions because it just basically pushed it to the side. You know, like, sure, I'll deal with it later. That's, that's what windowing was. So coders choose 1920 to 2020 as the standard window um, because of the significance of the midpoint of 1970. Um, and this is all, um, so like a lot of programming languages and systems, they handle dates and times as seconds from 1970-01-01 and it's called Unix or Unix time? I would call it Unix. Uh, and it's widely used as an operating system and it is used, it's the standard. So the theory was, like we were saying before, that these windowed systems would be outmoded by the time 2020 came around. But many are still, like, hang on, they're still there. And so the issue had kind of been forgotten about. And fixing the issues in a legacy system is a nightmare for a lot of coders because, and programmers, because the original programmers like, aren't around anymore. And they assumed that these would be like people in the 60s didn't think their code would still be around like in the year 2000 they wouldn't think that so so things have started happening um like for 2020 some of the bills um from like utility companies so like electric gas all that kind of stuff um like they the bills are coming out with the date 1920 on them so like that's already and parking meters in new york city again they're not. Um, they're they're declining like credit card credit card credit card transactions, uh, cash registers in Poland. Um, they're not. They can't print receipts due to like the way the clock works and the register. Um, oh, this is so funny. This is great. Um, WWE Two K Twenty, a professional wrestling video game, <laughs> also stopped working at midnight on the first of January, twenty twenty. Um, granted, within within twenty four hours, like the, the game's developers 
they actually had a downloadable fix, so good for them. I like it when people are doing stuff. Um, oh, this is hilarious. I love this. Oh, there's a piece of software called Splunk, um, which looks for errors in computing systems was actually found to be vulnerable to the Y2020 bug. <laughs> okay, that being said, they did find it in November of 2019. They did find it and like they and they fixed it within a week. But like how how any of these fixes are going to how these are going to last and work, we do, we don't know. We're not sure. But also, in addition furthermore, there's another storage system. So the Unix system, this is used by like Apple and stuff. So, and it counts because it counts everything in seconds from 1970. So in the year 2038, so yes, we do have some time to fix it. In the year 2038, like a similar state of storage problem is going to, is going to be there. Um, I'm going to say this even though I don't understand entirely what it means. So if you're good at the math, congratulations. If not, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. The data stored as a 32-bit integer will run out of capacity at 3.14am on the 19th of January 2038. So yeah. Um, there we go. Yeah. So here's the thing, they were working on it from a decade before and I can't argue that. Like the reason Y2K wasn't a huge problem was because people worked really, really hard to make sure it wasn't. So lesson, lesson of the week, um, what have we learned? Uh, a stitch in time saves nine. <laughs> We, quick fixes are, 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 are okay, but if possible, let's try and do things properly so we don't fuck up shit in the future. And don't join a fundamentalist uh, group and don't give all your money to a church. That's, that's where I'm at. Uh, oh my goodness, it's New Year. I didn't do any New Year's resolutions. I did not do any... What should my New Year's resolution be? Like, hmm. So, I mean, here's the thing about New Year's. It's it's arbitrary in so many ways. Um, it's irrelevant in many others. And it holds significance because... I'm being serious for a second. It holds significance because we put significance in it. And so... That's why we have New Year's resolutions. We, that's why we have this concept of new year, new you. It's a fresh start. It's a starting point. And, you know, for a couple of years, I literally just slept through the bells. I wasn't involved. I wasn't excited. I wasn't anything. And over the last year, my life has changed immensely for a number of reasons. And I'm a firm believer, start as you mean to go on. And I decided to start my year as I mean to go on. So what I did is I was relaxing. I was watching comedies. 
And then, as the new year came around, I spent it talking to someone who was very important to me and someone who matters greatly to me. And my absolute best friend in the world. And I can't think of a better way to start my new year. And I'm getting emotional now. But anyway. And so here I am, a new chapter of my life. I'm, I'm currently packing up my stuff so I can move back home to my mother's. Um, it is what it is, you know. It is what it is. Also, in addition, furthermore, you don't have to keep a New Year's resolution. Uh, if you want to, fabulous. If you don't want to, that's also fine. Don't give yourself too many. And sometimes resolutions are like, I want to lose weight or I want to do this. And it's like, fine, you want to do that? Absolutely fine. You know, fantastic. You do you, honey. But sometimes resolutions can be a positive, like, I'm going to treat myself better. I'm going to practice self-care. Um, I'm going to allow myself moments of happiness. Um because I'm an optimistic person, but I'm also incredibly jaded by life. So <laughs> my my personality is constantly at war with itself to try and even that out. And I'm I'm trying to not let myself wallow. Like I'm trying not to let myself wallow um and fall into bad patterns. Because I mean it's probably inevitable and shit's gonna happen, but I am doing my best and that's all I can do. But anyway, if you want to email me, there is whodidwhatnowpod at gmail.com. Uh, there's Instagram, whodidwhatnowpod, TikTok, whodidwhatnowpod, Twitter, whodidwhatnowpd. Because <laughs> there wasn't enough characters to write pod. So I'm on all them. I'm also on TikTok, who did what now pod? Or just who did what now, I think, maybe. So I'm on, yeah, I'm on TikTok as well, uh, where I, I do snippets of history and historical hot takes sometimes when I'm in the mood for it. I will chat to you all another time. Good afternoon, good evening and good night. Adios, my friends. Adios, au revoir, au revoir, de zen. Thank you.